Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Welcome, amigas, to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. It's been quite a journey. I believe now we are on our 25th episode. Can you imagine that? I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would have a podcast, number one. Number two, that I'd be in 25 episodes and I've been rated the top top 5% global podcasters. And it's all because of you. Thank you so much for listening to me on a weekly basis, listening to our guests here on on Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. And sometimes when I'm on here, I'm kind of getting nervous and I'm like, okay, what am I going to talk about? And as you know, I've been an immigration attorney for so long that that's like my go-to, especially given the fact that so much is going on out there with in regards to immigration. But what I really wanted to talk to you about is a, is something that's been brewing. I can't um, believe that this was not in my life before, but I've been doing master classes and I've had some massive success in, in my courses with the Amiga Way Academy. And so, of course, I needed to um, do this again. So I created the How to Handle Your Shit and Live a Better Life Masterclass. These classes are absolutely free and they are being held April 27 at 6 p.m., April 29 at 6 p.m., and Friday, April 30th at noon. So they're at various times so that you can go check it out and it's absolutely free. All you have to do is register and show up. You'll find the link in the show notes when to register. So now what is it all about? What is this masterclass all about? It's about learning how to order the life you want, transforming the way you think. It's about community leveling up one another on a daily basis, sending much love and gratitude. It's basically 
knowing that the way you were operating in life before isn't the way you ought to operate now, especially given what's been going on with all these restrictions. Some of us have been going really cuckoo, really crazy because we want connection more than ever. We want connection. And this is a beautiful way to connect. Come and check it out. You'll learn how to ask deeper questions so that you can live an epically aligned life. You will gain more clarity, confidence, certainty, less resistance, and more abundance in your life. Who doesn't want that? So this is absolutely free, okay? All you need to do is register and see me in the master classes. It's via Zoom, so you can watch it anywhere on your laptop, computer, on your iPhone or your Android, anywhere you can watch. So um, don't don't miss out. The, there will be limited seating. So it's super important that if you want to partake in these free master classes, they're at different times, act now and forever hold your peace. So I'll see you then. See you in April. Love to hear from you. And if you have any questions in regards to... Um, who's next on the podcast, or you want to let me know who you want on the podcast, what kind of interviews you want to hear, definitely do that um, by emailing me at latinaslivingmacro at gmail.com, or you can visit my website, which is www.jackietapia.com. Okay, so see you later on this uh, April. Hello, amigas. I am your host, Jacqueline Tapia, and I'm excited for today because we have Jana Lopez. And who is Jana Lopez? She's not only a beautiful soul, but she is a badass for sure. 1000%. She's an author. She's an identity talk podcaster. She's a public speaker. She's an identity coach. Oh my goodness. What is that all about? See, the thing is, is that Jana Lopez spent 25 years in media, marketing, communications, business development, branding, and editorial endeavors. She was in radio, KUBE, 93 Seattle, and KBIG in Los Angeles. She's also been on television on ETH Entertainment and print journalism, Wall Street Journal of all journals. She spent a near decade as owner, publisher, and editor of Portland Family and Goodness magazines. Jana has recently published her first book called Me, My Selfie, and I, a midlife conversation about lost identity, grief, and seeing who you are. She hosts a week weekly podcast called Identity Talk. She teaches weekly writing workshops. Jana's life passion and work consistently revolves around expression through words and images. She calls herself a word stress. She perceives the world through words and images, and that's the way she expresses and depicts the human experience. Wow, that is a lot. <laughs> She's done so much. And without further ado, this is Jana Lopez. Hello, and welcome back to Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. I am excited because today I have a beautiful, wonderful friend. Her name is Jana Lopez, and I met her a couple of months ago, and we just hit it off because she's a badass. She, it, she means business. She's done it all. This woman is an author, 
Wow. We're going to talk a little bit about her book. She used to have a publishing company and she's a coach and her coaching business is all about writing, writing. Wow. That's magnificent because my writing, I have to say it, it's not, it's not the best. <laughs> it's not the best, but she's, she's the best. And so I'm excited to have her here. She has a podcast and it's called Identity Talk Podcast. She's also a public speaker. And like I said, she's an author and she's an identity coach. So welcome, 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 my friend. How are you? It's so good to see you here at Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I was so excited and looking forward to this. And I knew how hard you had worked on birthing this podcast and how much passion you had for this podcast and helping people figure out how to handle their shit. That's right. (laughs) Totally. We all need it. Oh my God. So much, so much. And I I think that many um, amigas out there, you know, they're handling their shit, but I know that they are in for an amazing treat right now while they're going to listen to you because you have an epic, amazing story that we're going to unpack. So let's get started, Amiga. So welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. And I know you're originally from LA. So girl, come on, from one Angelina to another, what happened? Why did you move out of LA? (laughs) You want to hear something funny? It's actually like my, on my dad's side, the Lopez side, the Amiga side, he is like a fourth generation uh Los Angelonian. Is that how we call ourselves Los Angelian? I don't know, but whatever. <laughs> he he had generations of people that had been in Los Angeles. So I grew up knowing Los Angeles for the real Los Angeles, Silver Lake and the Alvarado area. And he had a gallery downtown. And being born and raised in LA is a very interesting prospect because nobody is born and raised in LA, but I had been there for a long time. I stayed until I was in my mid twenties when I moved away. And I just felt like, um, I wanted to experience other places, other ways of being, uh, LA is a very busy, crowded, interesting dynamic place. And I think sometimes I just wanted a little bit change of pace to kind of expand and grow my own horizons. So I don't, I don't miss some parts of it, but I do miss a lot of parts of it because Los Angeles is like no other place. I don't miss the earthquakes. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know what? I don't miss, I believe me, I don't care for them, but here's the thing. I was in Las Vegas probably, uh, was it a year or two years ago and an earthquake happened in Las Vegas and I'm like, oh my God, I left LA. (laughs) Why is there an earthquake in Las Vegas? (laughs) I know. But yes, earthquakes do happen in LA and I'm glad I'm so happy that they're not very frequent. But Amiga, okay, so you left LA in your 20s and you left to go to college? Why why did you leave LA? I left LA definitely not to go to college. I left LA because I wanted to live somewhere beautiful. I had traveled to Seattle in the Northwest and fell in love with the fact that there could be a city that had lakes and trees and greenery and was just so beautiful. And this was before Seattle really blew up. So I was, you know, it was in the mid nineties. I got a job working in a radio station, uh, a top 40 radio station in Seattle. 
And so I felt like it was really an amazing experience to be somewhere that was just so beautiful, mm -hmm. where everything around you was green and lush and there were lakes. And so to live in a city and have beauty felt like, wow, who knew this was possible? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I can imagine. You know, I believe it or not, I have not been to Washington. Um, uh, it's sad to say, I know it's so beautiful. I hear that it's a must see. So one day I'll be there. But the way you're explaining it is just exactly how you are as an author. You, you really go into depth and detail. Oh, my God. So you started working at this radio station. And I know you're an author. Yes. Did you have this need to work in a radio station and be a part-time writer? Or how did the writing even come about, girl? Was this a dream of yours as a no, little girl? No, it's a really great question. I think I've always written. The first book I ever had published was in my kindergarten class. And it was called The Little Pigs because I didn't spell three right. And that was the first time. So I was always writing, but never really considered myself a writer in air quotes because it felt like a title or an honor or something that you earn. And it seemed like it was something that other people do, even though I always did it. I didn't want to call myself a writer. It wasn't until, and I've always written, I've written articles, I've written uh, copy for marketing company. I've written other people's stories, but um, it wasn't until I got into graduate school just two years ago for my creative writing MFA and my professor, Brandon Shimoda, stunning author. His book is called The Grave on the Wall, and he wrote about Japanese internment camps. And he really helped me unlock this notion of what a writer is and why we write and what the process is. And I had written my first book. I mean, I even had written a book and I was still hesitant to call myself a writer, but I um, really now that's what I do. I help people. You said at the beginning of this that you can't write or you know, something about it makes you uncomfortable. Like you would be my ideal person to work with because you have stories and you're an amazing communicator and you really have passion for helping others. So what I help people do is claim that voice, claim that aspect of themselves. And I will tell you, you are a writer. Like nobody has to go through life wondering. You're a writer. We just need to figure out how to get you connected to your own voice. Oh my God, that brings chills because one day, and I hope in the near future, there is a book in the horizon for me. Um, definitely. I'm sure I need to connect with you on that level because you're the most amazing writer that I know. And you've done so much. Um, before we started this conversation, I had mentioned um, about your you being a publisher and, um, and also just everything you've done, you've been on radios, you've been on television, in LA, in radio stations. And so this writing, I know that this is your baby. This is your baby. You are now a writing coach. You help others develop their stories. And, you know, did you, when you, I guess when you went to um, get your master's and your mentor, he taught you the, that we all have a voice and all we need to do is claim it, right? But you 
packaged it up in a way where now you're teaching that with people, right? How yeah, amazing. And I think that's something I've always done because I'm a believer in people's stories. I think people don't have confidence in their uh, voice. I think they're afraid of being too strong or too seen in the world. And so like I have always wanted to help people discover their stories and shine their stories. It's one thing to know what your story is about, but it's another thing to put it out there. And people are afraid. They don't have confidence. They don't understand why anybody would want to hear what they have to say. And it's so many talented, talented people and their amazing stories are out there. And why is it important right now? Because we're fragmented, we're isolated, we're disconnected, mostly from ourselves, which is to me the biggest challenge, right? Like we just need to get tapped into ourselves and connected to ourselves. And once we do that, then it's about figuring out how to build the confidence and how to connect with other people. It's you got to recognize your voice, cultivate it, have a conversation with yourself, engage in a new way, and then figure out like getting your voice out there is part of that cycle to be heard, to be seen, to be understood, and to be loved. Those are the four things I think people really want to be seen, to be heard to be understood and to be loved, like the fundamental things. So connecting you to your own voice in conversation is for you to see yourself, for you to hear yourself, for you to understand yourself and for you to love yourself. And those are all words that we hear. They sound like such cliches, but they're not. Once you start to dig in and really look at it and connect with that and have a conversation, it, a whole new thing opens up. Like that's really what I'm passionate about teaching. So the words are the vehicle. They're just the vehicle. Well, wow. To be seen, to be heard, to be understood and to be loved. Those are just such beautiful messages. Now, Jenna, how were you seen? How were you heard? How were you loved and understood in your writing? Oh, God, what a great question. What a great question. Um, I think that was really the writing of my own book. It took four years. And I think at any point in time over those four years, I had to really see myself. I really had to listen to myself. I really had to try and understand myself. I mean, who knows if we ever fully understand ourselves, but I understand myself more now than I ever have. And um, to be loved, you know, people talk about self-love all the time, and it's not merely going to get a pedicure and a massage. It means something so entirely different to me now. I have a completely new different de definition and respect for what that means to love one's self. Um, because it doesn't mean, you know, you, you're not gonna love all the parts of yourself that you don't necessarily like, but how can you learn to love that and embrace that and be with that? Even if you're not your best self, you do some shitty things to people, right? We hurt people, even if we don't mean to, even if we don't mean to. So um, that's that's what I've been looking at a lot this last 
year since all of the changes in in my life that that I've had to really look at and I I think that's what we all aspire is like this path of being seen and being heard and being understood and being loved there's probably others but that's what I think it comes down to for me and um the people that I work with you know it's so true um it's it's uh, to be seen, to be heard, to be understood, to be loved. It can be complicated, but it only can get complicated if you make it complicated because you need to do the inner work to find your authentic self, your authentic voice, your authentic story. And I, oftentimes I believe that amigas out there who are listening in are having problems because they're not listening to themselves. They're not digging in deeply to really find and, and align what is their story, what is their passion, what is their purpose. And you have found it, Jana. So let us know. So you had a breakthrough because I know you moved to New Mexico and so much happened. You were living in, in the Northwest and you packed up and you left. So I know this is part of your story. Can you can you elaborate with us and tell us like what happened? Was there a breakthrough that you said, okay, enough is enough. I'm done. I'm ready. I'm leaving and um, I'm making a new life. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I'll try to keep it as brief and direct as possible because what I want the Amigas to know out there and to learn from my story is that it's difficult when, you know, I had a lot that was already okay and in some instances pretty good i was married to a man for 10 years who loved me he supported me emotionally he was you know he was a good he was a good husband and a good friend and i and i still love him but i realized like in march of last year 2020 so many people started going through big changes covid hit and when the pandemic hit i started to feel like as people were masking themselves, I was becoming unmasked. I've started to really look at so many things in my life. And it was because the catalyst was that I had written my book. I spent four years writing it and it came out just a month before the pandemic hit. And I thought, shit, you know, I'm either going to be left out of the conversation because nobody's going to want to talk about like whatever, right? People were focused on other things. I could be part of this conversation or I can create a new conversation. And I thought, well, what does that mean? And that's when I started to come to life. I started teaching a class online free for people to write creative writing class. That's when I started my podcast and I just started trying things. I felt like I had nothing to lose. And the other huge thing for me, which I would tell any Amiga out there, as I started walking, I know that sounds simple, but I started walking and I walked maybe, you know, a couple of miles and then it got up to like three miles, four miles. But within a few months, I was up to walking about nine to 10 miles a day. And, you know, it wasn't the exercise, it was the meditation, the sort of thoughts that were coming through me while I was walking that I wasn't really thinking about all of the other things. I couldn't obsess about them, but I was just letting them float in space. I lost 30 pounds, <laughs> but like awesome. that was my meditation time. Yeah, it was great. 
but the walking really connected me to myself. And then what happened was, is I started to realize that I wanted different things in my life than where I was at with my husband. And that was a really painful, difficult thing once that truth started to come forward. Because I know a lot of amigas could be in relationships that maybe aren't as healthy or as loving or as supportive. And there's a lot of fear around that change. And here what here I had somebody who I loved, but we were so different. And I saw we had nowhere to grow. And I couldn't really avoid that once I had seen that truth. And so I spent six months trying to avoid that truth, <laughs> trying to do, you know, but in the conversation with myself and trying to be seen and heard and understood and loved, right, with myself, I told myself that whatever comes, I'm going to be with it. I'm going to be honest about it. And that was my most profound life shift, I think, because that means even though things are difficult, you know, we don't want to avoid, we always want to avoid uncomfortable feelings or uncomfortable truths. I mean, it's so much easier. Nobody wants to be uncomfortable, but I started to kind of practice and think about and try to be honest about whatever it was that I was feeling. And so even though this truth was unpleasant and I didn't like it and I wished it were different, once I heard that we have nowhere to grow, I couldn't avoid it. And so I spent six months trying to figure out what I was gonna do. And then, um, you know, I kind of realized I would, I would have to make a move. And so to leave Portland, the place that I had all my friends, my son, my daughter, my husband, you know, everything that I knew. But I was really present to the fact that there, the, the walking and the experience of unmasking and connecting showed me that I didn't know what was ahead. Everything was uncertain, but I knew that I could count on myself to figure it out. Like that was new for me. I've never felt that before. Wow. Oh my God. Amiga, that is freaking handling your shit. <laughs> like that's next level. Oh my God. Wow. I mean, like I, I say that takes some freaking cojones, you know, it's like, that's like, wow. Because you, you, I mean, no matter what you said, I'm going to listen to myself and what my truth is, and you're going to leave everything behind. And how did that work? How did that play out with your family? It was difficult. You know, I mean, having, I had to have so many difficult conversations with myself and I had to have so many um, difficult uh, realizations and, and it was, it was hard. It was painful. It was icky. There was so much grief. There was so much sadness. I had so much guilt, so much guilt, and nothing in front of me was certain. I ended up moving to Santa Fe, New Mexico, because that was the only certain thing. It was that it was beautiful here, and my heart always felt like I belonged. 
So I was willing to come here just because it was so beautiful. And at the time, my son said he would move with me. My daughter's already, you know, almost 21. So she's doing her own thing. But my son is 17. I didn't want to leave him. So he said at first he was hesitant. He's like, I don't think I can do it. But then he said, yes. And I was like, okay, you're rotting in your room, playing video games, COVID, you're not in school, you know, everything had changed. Let's go have an adventure. Let's go do something different. Let's go hiking. Let's go feel the air. Let's go be in the woods. And, you know, I was willing to just go into the uncertain, even though I didn't know. And so he said, okay. And then a week after we got here, he said he wasn't ready. He went back to Portland. I had moved the middle of November. So here I was alone without my child, alone at Christmas living on the side of a mountain. Nothing was familiar. COVID was here. I couldn't go out and mingle and make friends. And I just had to spend those months sitting in the most profound discomfort and grief and uncertainty. And it was hard. It just was hard. Like I think back and I, I don't know how I, how I got through it. Like, you know, it was, it was difficult. And that's why I understand, you know, if any amigas out there are thinking of making changes in their lives, trust me when I say the only thing that's certain is uncertainty in, in all of that, but, but, but being your own, uh, I want to find the right word here, being your own, um, angel to keep watch over you and to protect yourself and to trust and have faith. And I'm not really a religious person, you know, for a lot of people that have faith, good for you. Like you have, you know, that's a beautiful thing. Use that. It's what it requires because you don't know. <laughs> the only thing I knew is that I would not let myself down. I would not let myself down. Whatever came on around me, whatever the circumstances you know, that's the only thing I knew. Wow. Oh my goodness. See, there's just, you're ta you're touching upon many, many, many factors of life. There's grief, there's uncertainty, there's a loneliness and you tackled all of that. And, and like, you know, you're in your journey and walking. I'm sure you're doing other things. And I see you're doing other things. You have this photography. You're showing these amazing and beautiful pictures. And, and I can only imagine that those things have brought you lots of comfort in this grief, in the uncertainty. Am I, am I, am I correct to say that? Yeah, I mean, I think we have to find whatever it is that, that fills the bucket in that moment, because there's still so much I don't know. I'm four months into being here and I, I feel okay. I mean, things are opening up a little bit and I've got some, some projects and things that I'm working on, which is fine. Um, it's beautiful here, but, but like, I just had my son with me for four days. He came from Portland. I literally just came from the airport from dropping him off. And so it's all new again, the sadness of yeah. not being with him and uncertainty. And it's, it, it has not ended. And I don't think it will. I think anybody who's honest 
about where they are in their life, really honest about where they are with themselves, has to understand that you cannot cherry pick the experience. You can't have only the triumphs. You can't have only the inspiration. There's a shit ton of darkness. There's a shit ton of guilt. There's regret. There's remorse. Every day is different. Every hour is different sometimes. And for the most part, I do all right. You know, I think I think everybody just has to find whatever it is that fills those buckets in those moments. Like taking photos fills that that bucket for me. Helping others, I feel alive when I help others feel alive. Like so, the work is extremely gratifying. That that has really helped me on the path. Um, graduating uh, with my master's, my MFA in two months. So I've been kind of immersed in trying to get that done. So I have had things to occupy me, but it's so quiet here that you can really feel the loneliness when you're in a situation where there's not a lot of distraction and noise and dogs barking and car alarms going off and try, you know, noise, like just city noise. Um, there's really something profound about the depth of loneliness that you can hear in your own silence. Oh my God, you bring chills to, to, to me. I'm, I mean, are you, your words, your usage of words, I see why you are a writer. Because as you're saying those things, I can go back in my life and having felt those things, you know, like basically almost like suffering in silence and, you know, and not being able to vocalize and to be your, your own authentic self. And now you made the decision to come to New Mexico and you're still experiencing some loneliness, but you understand that you can't cherry pick your experience. That's all part of life. And that is super commendable because some people would resort to other things, to taking medication, to going to the extreme of doing something horrible, right? But not you. And that is super important, amigas, to understand that there is other ways of, you know, handling your shit when, when, you're, when there's uncertainty, when there's grief, when there is loneliness, and Jenna, what other than the photography, you know, you finish your MFA, what is next for you? Because I know you love New Mexico. Well, and, and I you- wanted to say to all the amigas, I mean, sometimes there is whiskey involved. You know, I might have a glass of whiskey and I can't, I can't deny that there's not an edible or two that comes into it. You know, so, I mean, handling my shit, I just want... The amigas to know sometimes you just have to get through and you, the way you handle your shit is just handling your shit in the only way you know how in that moment mm-hmm. and not to be hard on yourself not to uh because you're already experiencing whatever the grief and loneliness is you don't need yourself as your own punisher for the way you're going about handling or not handling your shit sometimes i don't handle my shit Sometimes I do, you know, and the way I do is, is what's important. 
and at least honoring that because I can't control the rest. I cannot control the rest. So what's next is like being with whatever changes are coming about that are exciting, lonely, inspired, uninspired, griefful, hopeful. You know, I think it's like just making each step, uh, you know, part of the whole experience and recognizing it. I'm looking out the window right now at clouds passing. It sounds again like a cliche, but whatever it is, it's like a cloud passing and I can learn how to be the sky. I can be the sky and let the clouds pass. You know, I am the sky in my own landscape now. And, and I can, I can let the clouds pass. Um, but that, that, that is not, you know, it just takes time to figure out what that means. I'm going to be doing a writing retreat in May. You should come. And the writing retreat is going to be to help people compose and have an outline for their book, a completed, like a project that gives them a blueprint of how to outline their own book and have a blueprint for composing and writing it. So I'm doing writing retreats in Santa Fe. I work with people one-on-one -on -one to help them untangle emotional knots through writing. And it's a really experiential type of work, hands-on. It's hard to describe, but I would call it intuition, skill, and experience coming together to guide you. And I help people find freedom on the other side of fear through words. Um, and I want to be just like enjoying it too. So we get so heavy, you know, I want to have fun. I want to enjoy. I want to have a martini on a deck in the sun. I want to walk barefoot on a beach again, like you just did. I want to be present for people and make room for all the ridiculousness of life because it is pretty absurd. <laughs> Especially with those masks. Oh my God. Yes, totally. Agreed. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, you said something, be the sky and let the clouds pass. And, and amigas out there, who has ever thought of being the sky? Now you have a tip here from our beautiful friend, be the sky. I mean, how it's so expansive and beautiful. You've got the cumulus clouds, the stratus clouds. I mean, there's just so much beauty just looking above. And it was for free. You didn't create it. It's there, free for the taking. Oh, my God. I love that. Amiga, oh, my God. I, you know, I know, as always, I always say this to all my amigas that I'm like, I want to keep it going, keep it going. But I know we're coming to an end of our, of our um, interview here. But, you know, I always ask my amigas, you already shared some tips. Are there any other tips that you have how an amiga can handle her shit? Yes, absolutely. Uh, number one, don't be hard on yourself for how you handle or don't handle your shit. Number two, go walking. Let me tell you, walking is amazing. It's, get a good pair of tennis shoes and get a really rocking playlist 
and just go walk. Even if it's for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, the change of scenery, I never, ever, ever thought that walking would have changed my life as much as it did. So I would say go walking. Probably the third thing is just having a conversation with yourself. And it's more than a journal entry in a diary. And it's more than just talking in your head. It's really making room for the things you discover just as they are without trying to fix or change or alter them. Learning how to be with that is like so profound, like just changed, changed everything in terms of my own life. Becoming the sky comes back to becoming the sky. Like that's where you just recognize everything around you as clouds. Come back to the sky. I'm don't own people's shit either. <laughs> yeah. And don't yes. own other people's shit. Don't, exactly. don't own other, you got your own shit. Don't, don't own anybody else's shit. <laughs> know your own shit. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So true. So true. I love your words of wisdom and just, and they're, and they're so profound. Cause I mean, really, I, I feel that sometimes I'm at loss of words and I'm constantly searching and I think you can, you know, you can understand. Um, I know that you as well have been um, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and part of those lesions are in a particular place where the words don't come out as fast and quickly. And so that's my, what goes on with me. And that's where I start getting all like my doubts and my uncertainty and, and who is, who are you girl? Like, how can you do that? But if I go really deep, deep, deep inside of me and know that within me, fuck, you can handle your shit. You've been through worse. You've done hard things. You can do hard things. And, and that's the thing, amigas. When you start doing the inner work, you start exploring and learning that you are badass and that, and that you can do hard things. If you want to do the hard things, they could be easy. We don't need to complicate life. Be the sky. Oh my God, Jenna. Oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> I'm so thankful for your words. This is so, um, I mean, everyone, you need to go and buy her book. Where can we buy your book? Okay. The book is called Me, Myself, Be, and I, E-Y-E. And it's a midlife conversation about lost identity, grief, and seeing who you are. And it's everywhere. You can get it on audio. So for people that want to go walking and listen to my book, I would say it's really great on audio. It's on Kindle. It's on paperback. And um, really, the book is just about how to, well, it's based on my experience of having a conversation with myself. And um, it's helped a lot of people. Men like it, too, to be honest. I have gotten a lot of amigos who have told me that they, they really liked it as well. But it was written through the lens of being a woman. So, um, and, and, of course, JanaLopez.com has all my information about the writing retreats. And if anybody wants help, I've got that free class on Tuesdays, creative writing. Everyone can join. Anybody can join. Ooh, that's awesome, especially for those amigas out there who are aspiring authors, right? Those women, those those amigas that love to write and but just don't know how to. 
join Jenna's classes because it's, I mean, she's just a master coach when it comes to this. And um, I can attest to that. Her writing is so beautiful. And, and when, and when you, when you read it, you can, you are the character that's in there. You, you find yourself being a part of her writing. <laughs> so I'm just excited. So amigas, uh, go to a retreat or attend her Tuesday class and um, get her book. Absolutely get her book. And I'm going to put the, all that in the show notes. So I know that some people will be driving as they're listening to this podcast, but just go back and check the show notes and you'll get everything there. Well, Amiga, Jenna, love you. Thank you so much for being here at Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.